What are the best off the beaten path destinations in college football? And what does sustainability look like at the Dayton factory? That and more next on this month's episode of the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. Whether you're a driver who loves a good journey or a dealer selling tires, the road to success features a lot of the same stops. To make our journeys beautiful, we need premium, safe products that provide peace of mind in all conditions. And just like on the highway, it's a shared experience. At Nokian Tires, we provide those products with a side of passion. This podcast aims to showcase that shared passion among anyone who cares about the road ahead. Welcome to the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. It is late June and we are ready for another episode of the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. I am Nokian Tires Senior Manager of Communications and Content, Wes Bowling. Thank you for joining us for yet another monthly edition as we survey what's happening at Nokian Tires and talk about consumers and dealers across the United States and Canada. The purpose of this show is to add value to your tire selling experience and we think we're going to do that in a couple of unique ways this month. First, we have an interview with one of college football's leading voices, Stephen Godfrey from the Split Zone Duo podcast. You might also know him as a prominent journalist in the industry, and you might be asking, what in the world does college football have to do with tires? Well, besides, of course, taking many of you on pilgrimages throughout the fall, our tires and our company are teaming up with Split Zone Duo to talk about tires this year. It's the second year of our partnership with SCD, and this year we're even hosting a live event in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Labor Day weekend before a key college football game. Really pumped to be teaming up with SZD to tell our story and target many customers near your shops with stories of safety, of sustainability, and merging that with college football narratives throughout the rest of this season, this year, on the SZD podcast. More from Stephen Godfrey in a bit as he talks about his favorite off-the-beaten-path destinations in the sport. And also we have an interview today with Darren Bakastuin. Darren is the leader of our EHS operations, our environmental health and safety operations at the Dayton factory. We wanted to catch up with him to talk about how we go off the beaten path when it comes to sustainability. Every tire maker cares about safety, but we have also doubled down on the long-term, larger, big-picture definition of environmental safety. Uh, What does it mean to protect the planet? How can we do that with our products, but in this case also with our production processes? We catch up with Darren to learn more about what sustainability looks like at our award-winning facility, which is set apart in a couple of different ways from every other tire-making facility in the world. But first, speaking of Dayton, another achievement at the factory that highlights the quality with which we operate. We'll get to that news before we hit our two interviews today. Nokian Tires has earned ISO 45001 certification at the Dayton factory. It's the latest demonstration of our commitment to safety at the award-winning production campus. Now, ISO 45001 certification indicates that a company has strong processes in place to prevent occupational injuries and to promote Health. We achieved the certification without major findings. We got that notice in late May. The occupational safety marker, the latest certification for us at the Dayton factory. We also recently were recertified in ISO 9001 and 14001. That's about quality and sustainability, respectively. Dayton Factory Operations Director David Cordes said, quote, the certifications reinforce our commitment to upholding high safety and sustainability standards at our factory. They're the latest examples of our commitment to being an employer of choice in Southeast Tennessee and the tire 
industry. So that news means a lot for the safety of our workers. We are uh, approaching a year without a lost time injury at the Dayton factory, and those have been exceedingly rare as Nokian Tires company-wide celebrated our best safety year on record. And in the coming weeks, we'll tell the Dayton story as vividly as ever. We are getting ready to finish our hiring push of 125 workers at the facility. That's going to enable us to double production by next year to 4 million tires annually. And we'll highlight our Made in USA story in a series of social media, press, and web content throughout July as we encourage you to share that with your customers and on your own social media channels. We know that many of you, and especially many of your drivers, many of your customers, are excited that every Nokian Tires all-season, all-weather, and all-terrain product will soon be made in Dayton, in the United States, in North America. We think that matters, especially to those of you who are based in the U.S., and we're excited to share more about that news with our public on the social media channels, uh, Nokian Tires NA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. One hallmark of the Dayton factory has been sustainability. We are the only tire production facility in the world to achieve LEED version 4 silver certification. We announced that last year we achieved zero waste to landfill. Not a scrap of production waste uh, in 2022 found its way to a landfill. It was all recycled or reused. Solar energy powers a portion of the facility. But what does sustainability look like in practice and what's guiding those efforts and that philosophy. In just a few moments, we will hear from EHS manager Darren Backestewin at the factory to tell us more about those efforts. But first, one of college football's favorite voices joins us, Stephen Godfrey. You can find him online at 38Godfrey on Twitter. He is a very popular commentator in this sport who loves to take listeners and fans off the beaten path as part of the Split Zone Duo podcast. It's a great match for what we are as a tire company as we go off the beaten path. We do things differently. And we're teaming up for year two to promote our products, to tell our story via a group of college football hosts who are extremely knowledgeable about the game and go about it in a different way than just about anybody else. We caught up with Godfrey to talk about the partnership, to talk about the live event we're going to be hosting on Labor Day weekend in Minneapolis, and also to get into his favorite off the beaten path college football journeys. And of course, our tires can take you there. Here's our interview with Stephen Godfrey. Please welcome on a host of the Split Zone Duo podcast for the second time in the Nokian Tires Journey podcast history. Godfrey, I think this is just becoming a college football podcast. Thanks for joining us. That's that's our goal with every we're going to turn every podcast into in America into a college football podcast. Doesn't seem almost. like a good business plan, but that's what we want to do. I mean, in the South, it's a great business plan. It's, it's the only business plan is to talk college football. Of course, we are uh, throughout North America, though, and uh, Split Zone Duo going to be in the Midwest, the upper Midwest in September Minneapolis, Minnesota. Can't wait to see you in the yeah. live show. Tom's Watch Bar. How excited are you, especially after having been in D.C. now and, and done one of these? Yeah. So as we record this, we're probably about a, what, a week um, after the inaugural live event in D.C. So we're headed to Minneapolis with you guys. We have more plans underway. I always have to say that because on our own show on Split Zone Duo, anytime I'm on social media, when I talk about the DC show or talk about Minneapolis, the next thing that happens in my mentions is that people are like, when are you coming to X? When are you coming to X? And so I just always like blanket it and say, yeah, there's more. We're working on more. We've got some ideas for the future. We're working on more. I promise. Yes, I know that there's a Southwest. Yes, I know there's a West Coast. I know that there's a New England. I, I get I, I we we hear you. We're working on it. 
really looking forward to that and to uh, year two uh, of our relationship. I'm curious, yeah. you, you mentioned you just got off the road. You tweeted last week at, at Nokian Tires and you just drove our tires literally up a mountain. In yes. some ways, the off season is your season. Lots of not only family travel, but also travel related to the college yeah. football journalism world. What's this time of year like for you? Well, yeah, let me start by saying I um, it, it's not just an advertising relationship with Nokia. And when we have partners on Split Zone Duo, what we try and do above all else is be authentic, I think, with our endorsements. Um, you know, obviously, we have a business relationship, but we're not going to work with products that we don't believe in. And so I our primary family vehicle. I'm a father of five. Uh, sorry, sorry, it's a family of five, a father of three. That was the worst Freudian slip in the world. Yeah, it feels like five yeah, a lot. I'm sure. It does. Uh, a family of five, a uh, father of three. They're three, five, and eight. So as any human being can guess right now, I drive a minivan. I drive a Chrysler Pacifica. <laughs> and the first thing I think we did, Wes, was when we started the relationship, you guys said like, hey, we got to put you in some Nokian tires. And, you know, I don't I don't underplay that when I tell people, when people ask about the relationship with Nokia and I just say, look, I put the tires on my car. Um, and if you're from certain parts of the country and you talk about all weather, you know, tires or you talk about just a lot of interstate travel, there is a safety in that and a reliability in that. And so, you know, we in the off season, especially as a family, we try and cram a little bit more in because I do, kind of, unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of a ghost from, you know, like, like mid August until February because of the amount of travel we do and the amount of focus that we have on a, a sport that's sort of crammed all in, in this one fall season. So yeah, we, um, we drove up. Uh, if anybody in new England knows this, I, I guess this technically qualifies as new England, uh, Mount Equinox in Vermont. Sure. Um, it's on the far Western part of Vermont. Um, and you go up and there's like an observation tower and you can see a monastery there that hasn't been disturbed by like, like regular society in, in decades. It's beautiful. You can see, uh, let me get this right. Massachusetts, Vermont, New York. Um, I think that's it. It's gorgeous. And then on the way down, you better have good tires. That's all I'm going to say. You better have good tires. There's all these signs that say, Hey, turn off and look at this view. Give your brakes a rest. Give your brakes a rest. I probably didn't give my brakes enough of a rest because I don't know if a Chrysler Pacifica is necessarily designed to go off-road. But, um, you know, I don't say this lightly. I have total faith in our family vehicle. We're going to go to the beach this year. You know, we live in Nashville, Tennessee, and so we're going to drive a good distance to the beach. We're going to – we, you know, my wife's family is in Louisiana. It's about eight hours away. We talk about Nokian road trips all the time. That's probably my most frequent. You know, if I, <laughs> if I had to pick a, a, a college program, it would actually probably be – uh, the University of Louisiana Monroe, because that's where my, my wife's family lives. So it's about an eight-hour drive, and you know, there's a, there's a ton of uncertainty when it comes to travel and having small kids and safety. But like, my tires are the last thing on my mind, which I think is probably the best endorsement I can give to a tire company. That's no, great to hear. Yeah, driver of the uh, Nokian tires WRG4, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, because we knew uh, first of all, a great fit for the Pacifica, but also that you were going to be all over the map, uh, yeah. whether with family in the Northeast or to Louisiana yeah. or across. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the off the beaten path destinations that you hit in, in the course of your college football travels. And I say travels physically, but also metaphorically, of course, because the the passion of split zone duo it's kind of like. It's why this works so well. People sure. who know about tires know about Nokian tires. People who don't at their black rubber circles. People who know football a little bit. All right. You know, they wear pads. You know, there's Michigan. There's Alabama. You know, right. my, my all water Tennessee well known. But then there are people who know the Mac schools. And yes, people who know the yes, Sunbelts. And yes. we are we are the max schools of tires, except we win a little bit more in some of those uh, tire competitions. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Let, let, let's bump that up, bro. <laughs> you're, you're like Western Michigan on a Rose Bowl year of tires. <laughs> you're we'll, just going we'll, mas that. we'll massage that messaging. Um, no, I actually took Nokia on a on, on a road trip in season last year. I took my our family van um and and chronicled it on Instagram. 
uh, at the at Split Zone Duo Instagram as part of a partnership with Nokia. And I went from Nashville to it was a oh gosh, like a Wednesday night game. It was very arcade. It was one of those midweeks, yeah. Yeah, a uh, Sunbelt game between Louisiana Lafayette and Marshall. And if you don't know your geography, you got to go north from Nashville and then you got to hook east. And I had sort of the uh, again the quintessential all-weather tire moment, which was I was east of Lexington. I was not quite yet to West Virginia, and I'm going through coal country, very steep, very twisty on the interstate there, and then the bottom just opened up. Huge rainstorm, and, you know, again, I say, I was like, well, you know, the tires are fine as long as I can drive responsibly. So um, I have, I'm trying to think, off-the-beaten-path road trips. Um, Well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about, before I came on, what constitutes, we're always talking about college football road trips, right? I think that with the way college football is going, we're actually going to probably move into more road trips because conferences in terms Mm -hmm. of geography are starting to sort of kind of lose their logic a little bit. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I both went to college in the Southeastern Conference and back in back in our day, uh, (laughs) you know, back 15, 20 years ago, almost all of the Southeastern Conference was traversable in about a five to six, maybe seven hour radius, especially in the SEC West. Parts of the Big Ten enjoyed that as well. Now we're looking at obviously expansion where you you're going to have, you know, Rutgers, <laughs> Piscataway, New Jersey going all the way to UCLA and USC and Los Angeles in the Big Ten. And so you don't really have that anymore. And I think when you talk about road trips, it presents some really unique opportunities because I think the ideal road trip for college football fans is somewhere in that range of eight hours, let's say, mm-hmm. eight, nine hours, because eventually people are going to start looking at air travel. But when you find that perfect trip, I always tell people to do it. People ask me all the time, like, oh, my team is playing at such and such. It's probably a non-conference game. We know we've never been to this town and it's a bit of a haul. I say do it once because you're going to have more memories from that trip, win or lose, than you are from seeing the same opponent in your home stadium over and over again. Sure. And so, you know, for me, it was as a young student journalist at Ole Miss, we, you know, we drove to Lubbock, Texas and back to see Texas Tech. And I want to say that was 11 and a half hours in college, you know. You've got a little bit more stamina to drive, but um, yeah, I always tell people that eight, nine hour range, that's, that's the ideal American road trip. Go for it. And the beauty of college football and sports in general is, is the, the window into culture that it provides and the prism yes. through which we can see other things by watching a game, and especially as guys, I feel like often guys have to go do something together. You, you know, you can't just sit and have a conversation. You go to a sports right. bar, you go to <laughs> a right. game, you, you do those things. I'm wondering then. You know, because college football is maybe as, as rich in any sport with those cultural ties, what inspired you to explore those in the midst of your college football coverage? As you came up as a journalist, what was it that's, that told you, I'm going to go off the beaten path and go on to the, the, the cultural side of this instead of just talking about what's happening on the field? Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's actually a pretty easy answer in that I, I've always professionally wanted to sort of zag where everyone was zigging. Um, but I, you know, I was a journalism student at the University of Mississippi, and things kind of peaked for me in terms of figuring out how powerful the sport could be in parts of America. I was, it was 2003. Eli Manning was the quarterback. They lost to Louisiana State, LSU, uh, in a 17-14 game. Missed two field goals. They had sort of the Heisman of kickers, the Lou Groves award-winning kicker, and he missed two field goals inexplicably. And in the wake of that loss, seeing the impact that it had and the weight that it had in every level of our of our society and our culture, you know, I always tell people the last thing I write about is sports. Mm-hmm. The last thing I talk about now is sports. I guess I should, I should say, um, it's economics, it's religion, it's culture, it's history, it's it's class, it's race, it's emotion, it's. All of those things, because that's what we invest into sports by proxy. And so uh, for me, 
those parts of the puzzle were always more interesting. And, and there's look, there's nothing against we uh, we have friends, you know, in, uh, colleagues who focus entirely on advanced stats or scheme or you know those things are all great and they're definitely you know integral to what we do and and understanding the game. But for me, it was always the sociology, I guess you could say. It's so fascinating. It's so interesting. And on your show, Split Zone Duo, you, Alex Kirshner, Richard Johnson, dig into those things. And you also do a great job. Richard is a scheme wizard. Uh, he loves it. Yeah. From him. So he good. There, it. there's that yeah. element as well. But but you love digging into the story beyond the story and, and beyond the field. For those of you of, of our listeners who have not listened to your show yet, just tell us a little more about Split Zone Duo, the, the guiding philosophy that, that drives you and yeah. what's happening right now on the show. Yeah, so it's myself. Uh, I, you know, I've I've been in college football media now for around twenty years. I think it's just under twenty years. Um, uh, worked at SB Nation for years and years and years. I'm a columnist for the Washington Post now. Um, Richard Johnson, he's over at Sports Illustrated, and then Alex Kirshner, he is a writer at Slate as well as a couple other places, including GQ. And what we do is sort of exactly that. There's an old there's an old saying at the old SB Nation, which was. Uh, you know, we want to be the appreciation machine. And for college football, we really want to look at the whole hog of it. And so, you know, we're going to talk about, look, we're going to talk about Georgia. We're going to talk about Ohio State and Michigan and all of those schools because that's what you do. But at the same time, I think in order to better understand and appreciate the height of the sport, you have to look at the sort of micro level. And so, you know, we joke about it. But, yeah, you you, you might get five minutes on McNeese State. You, you might get five minutes on uh, why the Mac East is important this year. And then you also will, you know, we'll turn around and, and immediately get into what's going on at USC because, you know, it, it's not so much about creating balance necessarily. We're, we're going to determine what's most important in the week, but it's, it's the idea of examining the whole of it instead of focusing on just the top end that I think gives everybody a better under, you know, understanding, which, which therefore should lead to a better appreciation of the sport. I'm an avid listener to the show, which is how we discovered uh, you guys, uh, I should say, as a company, right. because I already knew you guys well. And what I enjoy, too, is that you're bringing insight from the conversations you're having, you know, off the record, behind the scenes all the time with assistant coaches, head coaches, administrators within programs throughout that the gamut. So yeah. based on that knowledge, based on the, the you know insight you've shared on the show recently, we'll go let's go off the beaten path with a team that that nobody's looking at right now to surprise some people to succeed in 2023. If you had to name one team throughout the country that that we oh should watch, that we're not putting you on the spot here, sorry, but no, we should keep that's... an eye on that we're not. Who, we're, who is it? Who's the team that's going to surprise this year? I'll, I'll go handful, and my brain kind of always operates regionally, but sure. like in, you know, in the SEC, I think because this is the last gasp of the division structure, things are going to look basically the same in the South. I do think the team that's probably most interesting to me right now is South Carolina because. Are they going to be Georgia and contend for the national title? No, not this year. But are they going to be good? And are, are they going to achieve um, a little bit of more? Uh, let, let's call it like a little more permanence up the ladder and be more than a six and six team. I think that's that's definitely interesting to me. The one everybody's talking about, although they're not off the beaten path, is Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to me, I don't even know if that would necessarily qualify as the answer. But again, we've gotten so samey at the top of college football that you can pick a lot of interesting nine win teams or interesting eight to even 10 win teams. But when you get to the very top, it starts to get really samey. I think the one that jumps out at me, believe it or not, if we're talking about the high end, it's potentially Washington and Oregon at the same time in the West. I think Mm -hmm. both of those rosters, again, last year of a lot of systems, this is the last year of a lot of systems, the way certain conferences are organized, certain teams being in certain conferences, the 14 playoff format, all of that stuff. 
there is a path for something strange to happen in this last gasp. I really feel that way. I also look, you look at the big 12. I mean, I think, I think there's the TCU model. Certainly I, I hate to break it to Horn Frog fans. It's not going to be TCU this year just because they're turning over a monumental amount, but it could very well be Kansas state in it mm-hmm. as a four seed. Um, so I, I think there's enough under those brand names to be really, really interesting this year. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a weirdo on the show. I'm the one who's like trying to find the next cool six win team. Like, <laughs> so like I, I can sit here and talk to you about why I think Arizona of all teams is going to be like respectable for the first time. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so it's, it's very chalky and it will be very chalky this year. However, I do think you can find some, some interesting things sort of right underneath that. And, and yeah, it, it, Penn State is not an off the off the beaten path team, but if they beat Michigan and Ohio State and win the Big Ten and go in as like a one or a two seed, that's never happened for them. That would be monumental, and I think it would also change the landscape of the national title this year. And of course, under the mantra that you follow, which is that Stephen Godfrey hates my team, the joking slogan, you just mentioned <laughs> my former nemesis, James Franklin. He was at Vanderbilt, now at mm. Penn State, and South Carolina, the team that ruined the Vols playoff hopes last year. So thanks for that. That's, that's what that. I do. That's that, that's I try <laughs> inadvertently. I try. I, yeah. You know, Vanderbilt could go six and six. I mean, yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, come on. Come on. Now you're going to talk about, you know, Bama winning a title again. Uh, no, I, I think <laughs> to close it out then, you know, we've uh, talked a little football, talked a little bit of tires. I want you to go back to, to an audience for a second, because you're somebody mm-hmm. who probably would qualify as cares about obviously keeping your family safe, but, but maybe before this didn't know the difference between an all season and all weather tire or weren't, weren't in the nuances of those things. In other words, you're a consumer. Right type of which that that our dealers are talking to every day. What advice do you have to tire dealers who are making the sale of a Nokian tires product? You know what what would you tell them from a consumer standpoint they need to be doing? I think it's look, it, it, it you don't have to reinvent the wheel, and I pardon pardon me for that terrible <laughs> terrible pun, but I do think you have to sort of work backwards and essentially lose all the information that you have. It's look, it's, it's wonderful to know all these things about your product. And I, whenever I'm in that transactional relationship, I appreciate information, but at the same time, most people, as you mentioned, I didn't know the difference between all, all weather and all season all this stuff was kind of lost. I think creating a solution where you have conveyed that you've listened to the customer is the biggest thing that you can do. It's funny because in a completely unrelated business in, at, at Split Zone Duo, we are constantly talking to and surveying our listeners, our paying listeners at our Patreon level, but then also just our casual listeners and saying, well, what is it you're actually looking for? What is it that you need? And does that align with what we can provide you? We're not going to overextend. We're not going to give you something that we can't really provide with confidence, but what we're going to do is constantly make decisions with the consumer in mind. And so what I think helps is that Nokian has variety. It has reliability. Um, and then also, I think, look, I think more and more people are coming to when you're getting a, you know, look, you buy a car, you're probably going to get a set of tires that it comes with. I think the average American is going to do that. But one of the great things about Nokian is that they're very clear and easy going with their communication. It's very easy to latch on as to why this is, why this is helpful, why this is safe, why this is, look, I think most people, and maybe I'm wrong. Most people would associate the phrases that you just gave out with an SUV. And I don't drive an SUV, mm-hmm. but I, you know what? I'm driving next to them. And I'm on, the, <laughs> yeah. I'm on yeah. the same roads that get wet. I'm on the same roads that you know go through go through various mountain passes and 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 the, the same roads that ice over. And so I think that that was really kind of eye opening for me, just having that conversation. And so breaking down those terms, removing the mystique, 
Don't make it about marketing. Create something that they're looking for and can, and, and let them know that you've conveyed that knowledge while listening. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you guys in Minneapolis. And more than that, even looking forward to year two of our partnership together. Thank you, guys. I can tell you that I've been an avid listener to Godfrey's content and Split Zone Duo since well before our partnership with them began. And, and we pinpointed them as an outstanding outlet to, with whom to partner because of the way they approach their work. You know, not every college football fan goes deep into the details of some of the smaller schools and some of the, the cultures behind the results. And not every tire buyer knows about the culture and the quality of Nokian tires. And we believe that SCD is spreading the word and growing its approach in the college football community, just as we are growing that knowledge of who we are and the values-driven purchasing process of more drivers than ever, thanks to the work that you are doing to promote us. And so it was great to catch up with, with Godfrey and wonderful to be partnering with them again this year. All right, on to our interview in Dayton. Darren Backestuen is the EHS manager, that's environmental health and safety manager at our factory. Nobody is better positioned to talk about our sustainability efforts than Darren. And we'd like to introduce a new correspondent, Hope Valenti. Interviewed Darren. Hope is our PR intern this summer, does an outstanding job covering key sustainability topics. With Darren, let's go ahead and go to our interview now with Darren Backestuen. So today I am joined with Darren Bakastuen, the Environmental Health and Safety Manager at the Dayton Factory. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So what does sustainability look like at the factory? I think sustainability means different things depending on who you talk to. But from like a 30,000 foot view, Sustainability here, as well as every location within Nokian Tires, is one of the like pillars uh, that the company is built on, and it really drives a lot of the decision making and the activities that we uh, participate in and the investments that we make uh, as a company. So, what is a day in your life like at the factory? You know, there's some days I wish that I had a normal day. <laughs> but that's just not really the case. You know, we're we're still a very very young uh, factory, and there is still no normal day. Uh, but that's kind of what keeps it exciting: uh, the continued growth and the continued innovation, and our uh, ramping up of production really keeps me on my toes. And so every day is always a little bit different. Uh, and a lot of what I do is helping plan for the future. Uh, some of that includes uh, ensuring that we have all of the proper like environmental permits in place that allow us to construct new operations and new lines uh, and then allows us to continue operating those once they have been constructed. A lot of what I do is also involved or uh, involving uh, employee health and safety. And so uh, as a new factory, of course, there's a lot of challenges that come up along the way and we meet those head on and trying to come up with new and innovative ways to ensure that everybody gets to go home safe and healthy at the end of the day, the same way that they came in. So uh, all of that taking place uh, in parallel uh, with the continued expansion and growth. So uh, a lot of challenges, uh, nothing is ever uh, normal per se. Um, but as I mentioned, that's some, it's part of what keeps the, the job exciting. So you started working at Nokian in 2019, correct? Correct. How have you seen the company grow in its efforts to be sustainable? 
Well, to say that a lot has happened uh, since uh, since I started in 2019, I think would be an understatement, um, both locally and uh, and for Nokian Tires um, as a whole. Uh, you know, th- this this factory was built uh, from the ground up to be at the time one of the most sustainable tire factories in the world, and uh, that's always going to be a moving target. Uh, and just within the last year, we've already announced uh, the uh, the new factory that will be in Romania. Uh, that'll be uh, once again <laughs> the most sustainable tire factory in the world. That one being uh, a zero CO2 emissions factory, which is uh, obviously a, a pretty astounding accomplishment uh, and has never been done before. So. What's changed for sustainability? I mean, you know, at the root of things, I don't think anything has changed. That that's still one of our driving factors. Nokian Tires definitely uh, embraces sustainability and sees it as our responsibility. Um, it's not an obligation per se. Uh, it's not even necessarily market driven uh, all the time. It's something that we just view as something that we have a responsibility to our employees and to our communities uh, at large to do. So we've got. A lot of ongoing efforts uh, to meet some aggressive sustainability targets. One of them is our CO2 reduction targets, uh, reducing by more than 50% by 2030. Uh, And a lot of things are ongoing, uh, a lot of future work that will have to be done to uh, to stay on that path. So I guess nothing's changed in, in, in the direction, but uh, there's little things day in, day out that we're always chasing down uh, and looking for opportunities and ways that we can improve. What would you say is the biggest improvement or your proudest like achievement that you've seen since your time with Nokia Tires? Honestly, I don't think I've seen it yet. Um, <laughs> There's uh, obviously a lot of little wins, you know, maybe I consider them little, but in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're um, bigger uh, wins. One example of that would be our uh, zero waste to landfill status. Uh, that's very difficult to achieve, especially given our physical and geographical location. Within the U.S., uh, there aren't as many readily available ways to get rid of wastes that keep it out of landfill, but we've found ways to do that. Uh, I look forward to when we have the opportunity to improve on that and find more cost-effective and even greener ways to uh, get rid of our wastes or better yet, just, you know, eliminate the wastes altogether. Um, So that's one good example. Uh, We also uh, were nominated for and ended up receiving in 2021 uh, the Governor's Environmental Stewardship Award for Excellence in Sustainable Performance. Uh, wow. And that's for the state of Tennessee. So we're the first company to be nominated uh, out of, in, in Ray County, uh, where we are located. Uh, and then, of course, the first company to actually receive it uh, in Ray County. Uh, and being such a new uh, company to the area, I think that's an even more notable achievement. So probably that would be the, the most noteworthy uh, accomplishment uh, in my time here. So I really look forward to the, the expansion coming to kind of a completion and then seeing uh, the fruits of our labor, right? And how the, the new equipment, the new processes and our improvements on the processes uh, yield the results uh, and, and the reduction in our CO2 emissions that are normalized for production. 
That's awesome. So how do the sustainability efforts of Nokia Tires production measure up to those of other companies and the competitors? I know that we are uh, both locally, regionally, and uh, internationally recognized as one of the forerunners uh, in sustainability, especially within the entire industry. So I don't imagine a world where anybody else uh, comes close uh, to, to, to what we're doing to, to lead the way in sustainable improvement and growth. Has the environment always been so important to you? It's always been part of my professional uh, areas of responsibility. Uh, it probably has been more important to me than the average person. Uh, and just by exposure, uh, I think I have seen some of the potential consequences from companies and individuals that don't consider their impact, uh, especially looking to the future, right? And and what we're doing now uh, has such a huge effect on the future uh, and what that future looks like. Uh, it's It's been important to me in that way. And uh, it carries over from personal life into work and, and vice versa. So has it always been that way? No. Uh, but I've been in this in the environmental field now for uh, a little over 15 years. And so uh, it's an ever-changing field, uh, an ever-growing field in terms of importance. And uh, I really do take it to heart. Where does sustainability really show up in production? So I think a lot of people, when they hear the word sustainability, uh, really consider it to be almost like a subset of environmental, uh, you know, and even for me personally, right, environmental is in my job title, sustainability isn't. Uh, I don't see sustainability as being specific to environmental at all. Uh, you know, if I, if you ask me like more broadly to just like define what sustainability is, to me, it's almost like ensuring your ability to continue to exist, right? So, um, of course, from an environmental standpoint, uh, I think of things um, like, you know, lower CO2 emissions, uh, you know, less consumption of um, raw materials or scarce resources, um, you know, less generation of waste, uh, especially wastes that go to um, landfill. Um, but when you look at other facets of the business, sustainability is everywhere, right? So we have to have reliable, repeatable, quality processes to ensure that we're making good products. If we make inferior products as a company, we can't survive. But moreover, we look at uh, things like continuing to innovate and come up with new processes to meet the ever-changing ever-changing demands of the market um, or uh, you know we look at more recently here our our, our green step con uh, concept tire uh, that's made of 93 percent recycled renewable materials right uh, the market doesn't really demand that right now but i can assure you that in, in the future it's going to right more and more people see the importance of protecting our future by investing in uh, in, in the here and now. Uh, and so everything that we do is setting us up to continue to exist and to continue to be relevant 
um, in the future. And uh, Nokian Tires, I think, has that vision. Uh, I mentioned earlier that we we see this as a responsibility. It's not an obligation. I don't even know that right now the market has. It's not driving our behaviors uh, as much as our our internal call, I guess, to to lead the way and and ensure that that we do continue to, to exist and, and be able to produce, uh, you know, the best tires in the world. Yeah. So you think that sustainability will benefit the business side of things as well as the environment? I do. Yes. And, and in the short term, sometimes it can be, uh, it is an investment, uh, but investments, I think by definition have a payback, right? So I'll give you an example of that. Like we are, uh, we really want to be entirely, powered by renewable energy. Uh, right now, depending on where you live or where your business is located, uh, the cost associated with that is different. Uh, in Dayton, Tennessee, uh, the options are not as readily available, but they are there. And so, you know, we are uh, analyzing, you know, what that investment looks like, knowing that the long-term payback of that is again our we're ensuring the future for uh, our communities and our employees uh, as well as our customers by uh, reducing our, our our co2 footprint okay so obviously you care about sustainability in the environment how does it feel to work somewhere that shares your same passion it's a very rewarding experience uh, I've worked for I think this is my sixth company and by f- Far by every measure, this this company cares and invests more in sustainability than anywhere else I have worked. And sharing that same vision and understanding that long-term benefit and the importance of the investments we make now for the future is something that really just kind of, at the end of the day, you go home feeling good about what you're doing and and knowing that it, it will have an impact. Uh, on people's lives in a very real way. It may take a while for that realization to to occur, but it's it's again the investments in the here and now that set us up for uh, a positive and bright future. Yeah, it must be exciting because I mean your job is just so important. I mean you will have a huge impact on the environment. The Dayton factory, as it is, is so I don't want to say revolutionary, but it's pretty big deal that like efforts and the strides that are being made so i don't know you just must be so excited about that yeah the you know most of the most of the tire manufacturing in the u.s occurs here in the southeast so so for everything to be so close you know it's my hope that other people kind of get on board and have the same vision and, and see the same payback that 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 we see because like I said at the end of the day it's it's for the betterment of everybody and don't get me wrong you know I can't I can I I don't want to take credit for for any of it you know it's a it's a team effort and it's really the uh, the way that this is ingrained throughout the organization both locally here in Dayton as well as uh, worldwide uh, the shared vision that is yielding the results that we see. It's not uh, the effort of, of any individual and certainly not uh, of anything specific uh, that, that just I'm doing. So uh, it's definitely a, a hats off and an accolades to the entire team. So what are your hopes for the future of Nokian tires and just 
sustainability as a whole. I definitely want to see us continue to to lead the way. Um, you know, as much as I want other people to get on board, of course, it's always nice to be the front runner in in, in anything. So uh, I do want us to always be the ones that are kind of clearing that path and coming up with the the newest, most innovative ways to improve. Uh, especially on the operation side, which is where I'm most heavily involved, um, but also in product development and and things of that nature. So, uh, like I said, I look forward to uh, the continued growth, but also uh, the uh, the path towards more stable operations that then allow us to focus some of our um, efforts and investments on improving on our already really good equipment and processes. Well, it was so nice to speak with you. Hope you have a great day. All right. Thanks. Well, thanks, Hope, for your diligent work and outstanding interview there. And Darren, always full of great insight about what's happening in Dayton. Not only does he oversee our sustainability efforts, but also our safety efforts. We want to be a leader, not just in Southeast Tennessee, but throughout the entire industry in both of those areas. Thanks to Hope and thanks to Darren and thanks to you for listening. Stay tuned to get on social media this month, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow at Nokian Tires with a Y-N-A for the latest content. And again, we're going to be telling that Dayton story more vividly than ever in July to make sure that consumers know and that you were reminded that we are making all season and all weather products in the USA. We think that made in USA and made in North America story will have great resonance with drivers, and we've heard that from many of you. Thanks to everyone for listening, and until next time, keep on rolling. Nokian Tires is a global tire manufacturer passionate about providing drivers and dealers with peace of mind in all conditions. We're committed to crafting safe, sustainable, premium tire products that lead the industry in innovation. And this podcast is just one of many ways we're striving to be a close partner to you. If you have any feedback or ideas for the show, don't hesitate to reach out. My email address is west.bowling, that's B-O-L-I-N-G, at Nokian Tires with a Y.com. Until next time, keep on rolling.